Greetings, Earthlings. This is Born to be Mild, and I'm your host, Kelsey. Consider me your resident overthinker, your professional cynic, and a massive self-critic. From interviews to audio diaries, let's consider Born to be Mild our space to explore all of the things inside and outside the comfort zone, exploring life, especially the messy bits. This is Born to be Mild. With Mercury in retrograde safely behind us now, I don't know about you, but I'm actually starting to feel somewhat human again. I distinctly remember complaining to like all my coworkers, my best friend, everyone that January felt like it started off so slow, so unproductive feeling. I don't know if it was like the terrible weather we got here in California. We were rained out for weeks, like terrible flooding, all of that kind of stuff. It just was not, it was not the way to start the year. That said, now that the month is actually starting to come to a close, I'm sort of doing that thing where I'm like checking in on what I've actually gotten done. And weirdly enough, despite all that feeling, I've actually gotten a lot done this month and a lot of systems kind of like set up for the year. My best friend and I actually spend a lot of time talking about productivity systems and like what works for us, what doesn't. I think I've said this in podcasts of past Podcasts of Christmas past that we literally have monthly check-ins with each other. And we've been doing that, I think, for a couple years now where we'll set our intentions and our goals at the beginning of the year. And then it's nice to kind of sort of have like an accountability buddy where you get together once a month and you just talk about where you're at and how you're tracking. And you can sort of then like pivot and change because that's what happens. You think you have a goal and then life hits you with something else and it's got to change. So anyway, both of us invested in new planners this year and we're always trying new ways to kind of like keep on top of our shit. And I know everyone's still on that like New Year's motivational grind. So I thought in today's episode, I would share what systems I'm using, what's working, how I plan to get loads done this year, even though it's going to be a big year, you guys. I mean, truly, by the time you hear this episode, I could have already gone into labor. I could be a new mom. And yeah, we're about to have our first baby. So I definitely don't need anybody to like at me with how unrealistic it is that I'm going to be productive. I'm setting up systems now so that hopefully I have success later when life is a shit show. So my number one thing I do, like I mentioned is set intentions. It is virtually impossible to feel productive or get anything done if you don't know where you're going. And I'm a really big believer in that. I did a full episode on this where essentially I set my 2023 intentions at the beginning of the year. So feel free to scroll back and listen to how I talked through that. But the thing is, is that again, I'm very anti like goals. It's more, I try and think about who I want to be as a person So it's not like I want to lose 10 pounds. Like maybe it is, but I think it would be more strategic to say, I want to be a healthy person who moves daily. I want to be a healthy person who eats colorfully. And then you can break that down by day to get to the goal of like 10 pounds or something, right? That might mean I take two exercise classes a week. It might mean I walk for 20 minutes a day. But by setting the intention at the higher level, It's just a little bit more strategic in figuring out, is it really about the losing X amount of pounds or like why? What's the greater good of doing that? It's probably about being a certain type of person, a person who lives healthily and lives a long time. 
So for me, I listed things like I want to be a person with strong relationships. Underneath that, it's like, okay, then the weekly goal or the weekly task for that is going to be I have a date with my husband once a week or I call my parents once a week. (laughs) That's actually like if my husband only called his mother once a week, I'm pretty sure she would bury him in the front yard. But you get my point. How it actually manifests could come about in different ways for different people. But at the end of the day, understanding that I want to be a person with strong relationships helps me set goals on a more individual weekly or daily basis. So I want to create more than I consume. That means that I want to record and release a podcast episode once a week. Just having these things outlined up front makes it easier to map and plan out days and weeks because it's actually those small daily habits that stack up to lead to the larger goals being accomplished. Your goal could be, I want to read 100 books a year, but that really equates to like 20 minutes of reading a day. So that's number one, I have intentions. I'm a person with intentions. Number two of my productivity system that seems to be working so far this year is a paper planner. And that's probably slightly controversial because we live in such a digital age. I know some people absolutely love digitizing their to-do lists. For me, I have to write things down. I'm very tactile as a person. I already have really shitty screen time. Like, I'm pretty sure if I check my screen time right now, like, let's see what it is for today. I'm recording this at 1.38. You know, it says today I'm only at three hours and four minutes. That seems wrong because that's not counting my other laptop. (laughs) So, you know, oh, wait, it just jumped up to four hours and 17 minutes. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, my screen time is high. So to be honest, I don't really need an extra app to be used for to-do lists that's going to increase my screen time. So there's that. All my side hustles, all my jobs, they involve screens. The other thing about having a planner is for me, I keep everything inside of it. Work, side hustle, and personal life. This is the only way a paper planner works for me. I have tried really, really hard to have like okay, I'm only going to have my work to-do list on my work laptop. It's going to be like a note. I'm only going to have personal life things here. My paper planner will only be for my side hustle, like my blog and my business. I really avoided combining everything for so long. And I truly just found that I had systems everywhere, all over the place, and I was missing stuff and it was a mess. So I've resigned. (laughs) Now now I combine everything. So my beautiful planner, yes, it kind of annoys me that I see like work-related items some days when really I wish that my day was more filled with stuff for me or my side hustle. But like the reality is, is time is finite and I need to have one place where I can look and see all of my to-dos for everything, whether that's, you know, ordering groceries and recording a podcast episode and answering a specific email at work. Like all three of those things have to happen today. As far as what paper planner to use, this could be a whole discussion. You can just go get something cheap at Target. It doesn't matter. You could just use a blank notebook. I think the thing to figure out is, are you a person that needs to plan by the day, by the week, or by the month? I am a daily planner person. I need to have a to-do list per day. I need to be able to wake up every morning, look at one list, and see how the hell I'm spending my time that day. I'm currently using the Day Designer Planner. I've used other fancy planners in the past. I've used Erin Condren. I think I have like a lot of old, old blog posts and YouTube videos. 
back in my Aaron Condren obsession days, <laughs> my husband, I think still will chuckle about it. I spent like hundreds of dollars on stickers. Like there's something about people who use Aaron Condren planners where it's just, it's, it's like far more about how it looks and like all these stickers and decorating it and your weekly quote unquote spreads than it was about actually like getting shit done to me. So I've since moved away from that because it felt like it was a little bit more about the aesthetic than actually getting my goals done. I've also tried a bullet journal, same thing. I just felt like it was a lot of pressure, these blank pages that needed filling and had to be cute and look good. I couldn't do it. So my best friend and I both ordered, I think it's called Papier, P-A-P-I-E-R. They're like a European brand. They're very aesthetically pleasing on the outside, and they make these daily planners. So it's like a page per day, and they're undated. And so we ordered them at the beginning of the year. We thought like, okay, that's such a great way to do it. And then we literally just realized like three days ago that they're only 16 weeks long and it's like 40 bucks. So when you do the math on that, you would need like three of those to get through a year. So that was a, a bit of a mistake. So I'm now using the day designer because it's for the full year. I have the mini size so it can like fit into a backpack or a reasonable sized purse. Um, I mostly just keep it on my desk, but... It's one day per page. So again, I can turn to one page and see everything I need to do for the day. It does have a section for your schedule, which I will talk about it. I use my calendar, so I don't really fill that out. But what I do like about it is there's a to-do list section and then there's a top three priorities section. And to me, that does feel different than a to-do list. Your to-do list could be very long, But what I've started to realize, and I think pregnancy has really taught me this, is like, it ain't all getting done in a day. And sometimes that's okay. Like, you kind of have to look around and be like, what actually needs to be done today? And what is something you can do tomorrow or the next day or next week? And I think that's how successful people are successful is they recognize the fires that need to be put out immediately and the things that don't. So I do love that there's this section up at the top where I can say, okay, here's the three things that actually have to get done today. And sometimes I don't even have three things in there. I'll just have like one. And then I have my to-do list off to the side. There's also a spot in that planner every single day to list what is for dinner, which I can't stand things that are like full meal planner things. Like I don't operate that way. Like maybe I'll get to Wednesday and I thought I was going to make tacos, but I'm craving pizza. Like... I'm going to order the pizza, <laughs> but but I like that there's like one little box to just list what's for dinner because to be quite honest, I do like to be on autopilot for that. So I can quickly be like, okay, I know I have ground beef in the fridge and I know I have salads or something like that. So I can just quickly write like an idea for what I think I'll make. And that way when it hits 6 PM and I'm tired, I don't have to make a decision. I like already know what I think I'm going to make. Anyway, whatever planner you choose, whatever note to do system you choose do what works for you for me it's the day designer i do have a code for them kelsey b10 that'll get you 10 percent off their site now through i think the rest of the year so yeah i'm because i talk about them so much on social media they gave me a code to give to you guys if you want 10 percent off but again i'm just a fan of having a system that works for you so whether it's a paper planner whether it's a to-do list the point is here have a to-do list and be able to identify the actual priorities each day. So that's the to-do list and priorities. That is very different, I've realized, than actually getting those items on the to-do list done. Because here's the thing, order groceries, 
seems like one task, and it kind of is, but there's probably like subtasks underneath that task. So for me, I might have record a podcast today. Well, the task before that is write the script or write an outline, or it could even be brainstorm podcast ideas. So I need to have some sort of pipeline that tells me, okay, I had this idea for a podcast. Here's what I want to say when I record it. Now I have to schedule time to record it. Then I have to send it to the editor. Like I have to know where each of these projects are in process. So a to-do list sometimes isn't enough because then I'm like, oh, I don't actually know where these different things I'm working on are in status. So I'm calling this find yourself a production pipeline. So again, whether that's for personal items, for work, whatever it may be for you, for me, I use Notion. Notion is my pipeline. It is a single space where you can think, you can write, you can plan, whatever. They say it's the place to capture thoughts, manage projects, or even run an entire company. They're not sponsoring this blog post, although they would be a great sponsor for a future episode. So crossing fingers one day, let's manifest it. But I just currently use the free version of Notion right now, and I created almost like a dashboard for myself. So I have one dashboard for my side hustle. That's what I call this whole business. And I have I have multiple branches for this. So there's like several arms of my business that I've often found really hard to keep organized and, and keep straight in the past. Like I have the blog, which is by KelseyBoyanju.com or BlondesAndBagels.com. It's all the same thing. And I've been running that since like 2015, maybe. It's been a long time. And then I have the podcast. I have YouTube. I have social media. I've been slowly working on writing a book. All these different areas of the, you know, quote unquote side hustle thing, they all have different priorities. They all have different to-do lists, different content calendars, different partnerships happening in the background, different revenue streams that are making money. So I kind of needed a place to understand like what's going live each day and also like how do you make sure that whatever action item is needed for today to make that thing happen in the future that you can schedule it. Because what I was finding is I would say, okay, I'll put on my calendar that I'm going to have a blog post go live next Thursday about golden doodles or something. Well, I can't just get to Thursday and then be like, oh, let me get this post live. Like, no, I have to schedule time to shoot the photos. I have to schedule time to do search engine optimization research. I have to schedule time to write the post. I have to schedule time to then like make social content to promote it. Like, I really was finding that I was getting to the Thursday and screaming because all of a sudden I had an entire project to do. So Notion gives me a space to sort of create like a dashboard to track where things are in progress. And then I can use my planner, my to-do list to help me get those things done on time without panicking. I know there's like a million things you can use. You can use Asana. You could schedule this in your calendar whatever works for you. You just have to have a pipeline of some kind. But for me, Notion has really worked because it's very flexible. So like literally, I have a little podcast dashboard where I just have a list of ideas that I have for episodes, and then I can sort of click into each one and start writing the outline or the script for it. I can have that up while I'm recording. After I'm done recording, I can mark in there that I've sent it to the editor. Like it's one place to see all of it. I actually credit this Notion dashboard right now with the fact that I've consistently published podcast episodes this year at all. Like there was a huge gap I had where I just stopped recording and everything because I wasn't organized. But now that I have a pipeline, 
I can actually pre-plan to the point where you're going to start hearing episodes that are pre-recorded because I'm going to go into labor and I'm not going to be recording an episode a week, ma'am. Like I, I'm going to be busy. So this has allowed me to actually like stack myself forward, plan in advance so that I can actually take time off. I'll also note that my husband is like a huge Notion fanboy. So he actually made us a shared household Notion dashboard. And that has saved us a ton of arguments because, man, it's like one place where we can have shared lists for things. So we actually have a shared grocery list on there, for example, where either one of us can go to the store and know what the house needs because both of us are managing this list as we run out of ingredients or use things. So find the pipeline that works for you, but I think you got to have one. The last piece of my three-part productivity system is my calendar. And this is, again, where other people have... I love, I love to ask people how they manage their calendar. I really do. Because it's so personal. Some people like to time block. I literally know a guy who time blocks his entire day. Like he lives by his calendar. And I mean, lives by it. Like everything is scheduled. So for some people that works, for me, not so much. My planner is my to-do or daily priorities. My notion is my pipeline. Like where are all my projects in process? My calendar is my actual like schedule in terms of the meeting and event commitments that I have in life. And also personal things like birthdays. Like I put everyone's birthday on the calendar. I cannot tell you every friend's birthday, even some of my best friends, even some of my family, but that is on the calendar. I will never miss saying happy birthday to someone because it is on the calendar. If it ain't on the calendar, I'm going to forget it. So some examples of things that I'll block on my own calendar. I don't block tasks. I really personally found blocking time for tasks like reading time, <laughs> podcast recording time. I that was so stressful and triggering to me because my day changes. Like sometimes things take longer than I think they will. Sometimes other fires appear and I need to address those first and also because again like I work a day job, I have a side hustle and then there's also like personal life. Like there're just some days where some of those are busier than others. So truly I just can't plan that way. And if I constantly have my phone or watch like pinging me with time block reminders, uh, like I get very stressed out. So I stopped doing that. Now my calendar is truly just like meetings that are happening, events. And it's like during the open blocks where I just whip out my planner to see what I have to do, I pick something. And then I go to Notion and tackle the priorities and the pipeline. And then here is the real winner, ladies and gentle germs, the shared family calendar. This seems excessive, I know, but we have a shared family Google Calendar and we live by it. So if I have a hair appointment, if he has a hair appointment, that's on the calendar. I know when his appointments are. He has a doctor's appointment, a happy hour, it's on the calendar. And sorry but not sorry, running a household, having a family, being two working professionals who I like we still like each other, we want to spend time together, we want to actually enjoy it, like we have to calendarize stuff. It's not sexy. It's not free-flowing. We're not living by the seat of our pants. We're organized and it works for us. And we argue way less because of that calendar. So I highly recommend that all couples get on the family calendar train, especially if you have a family, 
you got kids, you you have shared things to do because I need to know what he's doing. He's got to know what I have going on. And it just, it makes coordinating so much easier. So that's my magic system. And I must say, it's it's really working out for me right now. So far, I, I've actually been consistent. I'm like marching towards the goals I have. That feels good. The caveat I will say, and I wanted to make sure I dedicated a section of this episode to talk about, is I have help. And it would be ridiculous of me to record this without mentioning the fact that I have plenty of help. I think there was this big period of time where I would go on Instagram and I would kind of see like my quote unquote competition, like all these content creators, these high powered women who are like getting all this shit done and how do they do it all? And it's like, nobody's talking about the fact that like they have assistants. Like, do you have an assistant? Do you have a nanny? Do you have people taking care of your household stuff? Like, do you have employees? I just, if we're not acknowledging the fact that there's all of these things helping us get it done, it sets those like really disgusting, unrealistic expectations, especially for women about the like, how do you juggle it all? How do you balance it all? To me, it seems like anyone who is quote unquote successful in the traditional sense or seems to be getting it all done has help, period, hard stop, even if they're not admitting to it or not showing it. So for example, I don't edit my own podcast. I outsource that. I don't have the time or the talent to do that. So that is something that I have help with. Shout out to Dakota. I also just hired a VA. So like I'm legit going into labor any fucking second now. And I didn't want my business to like die while I'm out. So Dakota and I are like testing things out for a few months. And honestly, so far, I'm super obsessed. Like she's been helping me make reels, managing my my social feed. It's just so nice to have somebody that's like, managing a piece of my business so it's out of my mind and like that's help like my husband is about as equal of a partner in this household as he potentially even can be like I cook he cleans I haven't washed a dish in ages and I don't intend to even on top of that like we as a house outsource a lot of stuff because again we're both working professionals with full-time jobs So we outsource things. We have a house cleaner that comes usually like once a month so that we're, you know, we'll we'll keep it relatively tidy, but we're not doing deep cleaning. Neither one of us spends time doing that. We outsource gardening and pest control because we have like a yard and, you know, we're not going to go out and do all of that stuff. We just don't have the time. Or if we do, we'd prefer to spend it elsewhere. And even with postpartum stuff and planning for that, we don't plan to have a um, like a night nanny or anything right away, but we are hiring a postpartum family doula to help us transition into new parent life. So, you know, you can even use daycare as an example. Like if you're signing up to be on daycare waiting lists or you have childcare, like this is the only way people get stuff done. They have to have help. The reality is that high functioning, high powered, truly quote unquote successful people like behind the scenes, they have loads of help and they have loads of people supporting them. And that is a privilege. It is great to be able to do that. But I think it's so important when we talk about productivity systems to realize like, I'm only getting all this stuff done because I'm also outsourcing. So anyway, we'll keep it relatively short and sweet. Those are my systems. That's what works for me. I will say again, It has been working for me. In January, I've actually already secured three brand partnerships. All my content channels actually are producing content more regularly than they used to be anyway. And 
honestly, I actually feel like less stressed and less overexerted and I'm getting more done. And it's truly because I have systems and I'm organized. And because of that, I actually find that I have more time to rest, more free time, because not everything needs to get done in a day. I can identify what my priorities are. I can use my pipeline to get the tasks done and I can pay attention to my calendar for the rest, but like I have less cognitive load because of this and I'm getting more done and have more time for rest. I am incredibly nosy. If you have tools, apps, systems, or anything productivity related that has changed your life, I need to hear about it. So find me on Instagram at Kelsey Boyanju and tell me, (laughs) tell me what you're using. DM me, please. And I'll share it. Like I'll share it in another podcast episode because it truly, I think everyone is just out to figure out how do you make the most of your time. Time is the only asset you can't get back. You can lose money and you can make money back again. Time, once it's gone, it is gone. So it is a resource that if you have a tip for how not to not to waste it, I'm all ears. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Born to be Mild. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review and subscribe. Thank you.